to everybody. Welcome back to Baseball Connection. The offseason's in full swing. The hot stove is getting warm already. We've had some awards, some major awards announced. We have some more coming. Let's 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 catch up on everything. So the Gold Glove Award winners were announced a couple of days ago. And let's get into that. So the 2023 Gold Glove Awards featured 13 first-time winners, the second most since the award was established in 1957. That year, they had 14 first-time winners. So a lot of new faces this year. Two rookies won Gold Glove Awards, one in each league. So here's a breakdown of each winner. We'll start with the American League. The American League, first base, you had Nathaniel Lowe. Second base, Andres Jimenez. Third base, Matt Chapman. Shortstop, Anthony Volpe. A catcher, had Jonah Heim. Pitcher, Jose Berrios. In left field, you had Stephen Kwan. Center field, Kevin Kiermeyer. Right field, Adolis Garcia. Utility man, Mauricio Dubon. Let's go to the National League. In the National League, at first base, you have Christian Walker. Second base, Nico Horner. Third base, Key Brian Hayes. Shortstop, Dansby Swanson. Catcher, Gabriel Moreno. Pitcher, Zach Wheeler. Left field, Ian Happ. Center field, Brenton Doyle. Right field, Fernando Tatis Jr. Utility, Ha-Sung Kim. Those are the Gold Glove Award winners in 2023. A lot of surprises in that list. A lot of surprises. Let's, let's dive into some of the surprises. I would say number one surprise was Fernando Tatis Jr. Not because it's a surprise because I thought it was his defense wasn't good. It's because I'm surprised of how much his defense has improved since moving out to right field. I mean, when he was moved from shortstop to right field to begin 2023, a lot of people wonder how he would fare out there. And he was a revelation defensively. He led Major League Baseball with 29 defensive runs saved. His average arm strength of 96.6 miles an hour trailed only Nolan Jones of the Rockies in the National League. And he had 24 career games in the outfield before 2023, in which Many times he, he looked lost out there, honestly, just when he was first getting out there. But he, he acclimated very quickly in about a year. And, yeah, I mean, those games he played before 2023, just 24 games, were the fourth fewest played at a position for which a non-rookie won a gold level award. So shout out to Fernando Tatis Jr. for making the adjustments necessary to bring home the hardware. He is one of the best right fielders in all of baseball. In center field, we had Brenton Doyle, a rookie. So, Colorado's rookie outfielder, he wowed the baseball world with his arm. I mean, he set a stat caps record with a 105.7 mile an hour throw to home plate against the Blue Jays on September 2nd. But his all around sparkling defense in center field is what earned him this gold glove award. And beyond the outstanding arm, his glove wasn't b- bad either. I mean, he led all of baseball with a fielding run value of 21. And he becomes the sixth rookie outfielder to win a gold glove. And of course, we have to talk about the other rookie, who was the American League shortstop winner, Anthony Volpe. So he's the first rookie in Yankees history to win a Gold Glove Award. And thanks to a debut season where he accumulated 15 defensive runs saved. He's also the second rookie shortstop to win the Gold Glove Award, joining Astros' Jeremy Pena, who won it last year. And he was 22 years old, 156 days old. At 22 years, 156 days old on the final day of the regular season. So he became the youngest shortstop to win this award. 
passing Alan Trammell, who, you know, was, you know, what, like, just months older. But he joins Derek Jeter as the only other Yankee shortstop to win a Gold Glove Award. You know, we know Jeter won a bunch of them. He won five of them. But Anthony Volpe, shout out to him. You know, there are a lot of expectations on this kid when he came up. You know, we were talking about, of course, he's the next Jeter. The bat was, I mean, the power was there. I mean, but the bat was a little underwhelming at times. But he did pick it up towards the end of the season. But, you know, what they say, defense doesn't slump. And his defense did not slump. He was outstanding all year long. If you look elsewhere, I mean, the Guardians are well represented in this. Jonah Heim, Nathaniel Lowe, Adolis Garcia. That's three winners for the World Series champion Texas Rangers. And then for the National League, you have a double play combo up the middle. Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner. So Nico Horner is a first-time Gold Glove winner after a tremendous defensive season. For the Cubs, you know, with his double play partner, Dansby Swanson. You know, Dansby Swanson, he takes home a gold glove here. It's his second gold glove. And he becomes the fourth Cubs shortstop to win it. But for the second straight season, Dansby Swanson led all shortstops with outs above average. He also set a career high with 18 defensive runs saved, which led all shortstops. And then, you know, catchers, it's the same pair of catchers we just saw in the World Series. Jonah Heim for the Rangers and Gabriel Moreno for the D-backs. Those guys were the best in the business. Shout out to them. So, yeah, I mean, these are the, these are the Gold Glove winners. It's like the first, you know, major, major award, I would say, for award season. And then we have the rest of the awards coming soon. You're going to find out who, you know, the rookie of the year is going to be. That's going to be in a week. The manager of the year, the Cy Young, the MVP. So we about a week until, until we find out about those ones, but at least you've gotten the Gold Glove awards out of the way. In other news, there are managers swapping places. So the Cubs have hired Craig Council as their new manager. Craig Council, well, this is a stunning development. You know, Craig Council has been pried away from the rival Milwaukee Brewers. And yeah, I mean, that's... That's the deal. And he's also going to be the highest paid manager in baseball history. It's a five-year deal worth $40 million for Craig Council. And the Brewers made an offer weeks ago that would have made him the highest paid manager with about $5 million a year. But now the Cubs just go out and smash that. $8 million a year for five years. And Craig Council is suddenly a, a Chicago Cub, I guess. I mean, He's not playing, but he's he's a Chicago Cub. Huge change of direction with David Ross, because David Ross was the manager of the Cubs. He was under contract through 2024, and he was praised at the end of the season for his work. But this this change of direction, I guess they found out that uh, they had a chance to to pry, you know, to post great counsel away from where he was, and they did so. Uh, Yeah, I don't really know what else to say about that one. I'm not too privy on how these managerial signings go. Sure, it's similar as to many other negotiations. The highest bidder tends to win. So, speaking of manager moves, Stephen Vogt has become a manager. Remember him? Yes. Just believed, well, believe in Stephen Vogt. I mean, that's the, the, the chant, the slogan. We believe in Stephen Vogt. That's what the Guardians tweeted. They've hired Stephen Vogt as their next manager. So, 
three-year deal. Uh, financials aren't disclosed, but you know, Terry Francona left the Guardians after the end of the season, and Stephen Vogt just played his final game as a player in 2022. That was here he retired, so he only spent one year out of it and comes back as a manager. He was he was beloved by every coaching staff he played for. He spent six seasons with the A's, two with the D-backs, one apiece with the Rays, Giants, Braves, and Brewers over his 10-year big league career. And he's got an excellent baseball IQ, and as a player, he was he was a leader in the clubhouse. So you know, he's known to rely on a sense of humor to connect with players of all ages, so that's what he's going to do. He's going to be leading the Cleveland Guardians. I mean, we'll see. You know, I, I always wonder how that worked. You know, managing and playing are completely different things. You know, and... I always thought that you'd have to, you know, you'll maybe go coach at a lower level first, man, at a lower level, then work your way up to the big leagues. Now we're seeing players who never coached before get jobs at the major league level. It's like, well, do they have all the requisite knowledge? Honestly, I mean, it sounds weird to say, okay, someone who played professional might not have the knowledge, but you'd be surprised. You know, as a player, a lot of little quirky rules that you don't necessarily pay attention to because they may not necessarily pertain to you, but... You know, some players do, and if you play long enough, I guess, like Steve Vogt, maybe you do. And Of course, he's not going to be alone. He's going to have a coaching staff with him, and they're going to be helping him make decisions. But he will have to learn a lot on the fly. So, Steve Vogt will be the next manager of the, Steve, of the Cleveland Guardians. And the Mets have hired a new manager. His name is Carlos Mendoza. So, Carlos Mendoza is going to take over for Buck Showalter, who, who they got rid of in October. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, he was on the Yankees coaching staff. He was a bench coach for the Yankees for four seasons under Aaron Boone. And now he's going to be the manager of the New York Mets. Just going to go across town. So, coaching coaching moves are happening all over the league. I mean, what does that really mean? I don't really know, but we'll see. Of course, as we enter, you know, trade season and you know, free agency, the the biggest question this winter is, where will Shohei Otani sign? That's the biggest question, of course. He's the biggest fish in the pond. And free agency opened on Monday. You know, that means one thing above all else. The Shohei Otani sweepstakes have begun, whether we like it or not. So he's made himself available. And yeah, so there, there is a chance a decision could come relatively soon because if we go back to 2017, when he first made himself available to major league clubs, he started meeting with teams on a Monday, and he made his decision to play with the Angels by Friday. Of course, it's unlikely that he's going to do something similar this time because there's much more on the line. But, yeah, I mean, Otani's going to be where all eyes are are focused this winter. So we'll see. Uh, you know, he's he's trying to set a record. I mean, obviously, Aaron Judge... Signed a nine-year, $360 million deal last season. And, um, of course, Otani is going to be looking to top that. Uh, that was a free agent record for Aaron Judge. But Otani, you know, he's going to pitch again someday when he gets when he gets healthy. Uh, on the mound, but he's going to be hitting all the while. So he could definitely get a $400 million contract. And with incentives, I mean, you could see it approach half a billion. I mean, I'm seeing... I'm seeing uh, Projections, 10 years, 477, 12 years, 528. That's MLB trade rumors. Um, I don't know. But the Dodgers are still considered the favorites uh, per 
reports because, yeah, they have the money. They have the money to do it, and they're a West Coast team. You know, some people believe he prefers to be on the West Coast. Uh, and the team is motivated to sign Otani. We all know that if you have money and you're motivated to sign a player, that you can get it done. At the end, at the end of the day, it's just money. To teams like the Mets, the Dodgers, they've shown that they'll spend if they have to. So we'll see what decision he makes. But, yeah, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be soon, but it's just something that we're going to have to take day by day. So that's where we stand as we open up the off season. That's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.